Welcome to the Royal College of Psychiatrists podcasts. I'm Liam, a social media officer and digital producer at the college, and I'm excited to introduce this fantastic episode, which we have recorded to coincide with World Mental Health Day. Today, we're joined by Professor Mohammed Al-Uzri. He's a highly regarded consultant psychiatrist with a deep-seated commitment to global mental health issues. In our discussion today, Professor Al-Uzri will share his invaluable insights and expertise in this field, making this episode a timely and important contribution to the global conversation on mental health. So without further ado, let us begin. Uh, hi, Mohammed. Thank you for joining me today. Um, can you share some background about your role as the presidential lead for global mental health and the, import- the importance of this position in addressing mental health issues on an international scale? Okay. Um, thank you, first of all, for the opportunity kind of talk about uh, my new role, um, which is really based on um, previous roles I've had with the with the college. Uh, and it's a privilege uh, to be in, in this role, uh, needless to say. Um, if we think about the college, uh, college is an international organization. It is not limited to the United Kingdom. Its membership, in fact, almost one-fifth of its membership is spread across the globe outside the United Kingdom. And even within the United Kingdom, um, around 40% of our membership are international medical graduates, which gives you a very clear uh, picture of, of the international dimension to our college. This is why our interest in mental health cannot be limited to the United Kingdom, and it's spread across the globe. Furthermore, uh, recent events and the literature uh, all tell us that the mental health impact uh, and disorders uh, impact is not limited to uh, one part of the world, and it can affect other parts of the world. This is why we cannot think in isolation uh, when it comes to uh, mental health, whatever happens in other parts of the world has an impact on the mental health of people uh, within the UK, especially with the movement, with the kind of relocation, uh, families spread across the globe. So that's why we cannot think of uh, mental health uh, just within the UK. That's why uh, the college pays more and more attention to global mental health. And my role is a step in that direction to implement the international strategy uh, of the college. Brilliant. Um, Could you provide a brief overview of the new international mental health strategy that you are about to launch um, and what are its key objectives and focus area? In 2020, the college launched its first international strategy and looked into how can we, first of all, engage better with our membership and second, to enhance our international offer to colleagues and organizations across the world that are interested in mental health. Ultimately, to help provide best standards of care in mental health across the world. That was the first strategy in 2023, and I was the presidential lead for Dr. Adrian James, the previous president of the college. It was our first 
experience of providing international work in a cohesive and more focused way. Because the college provided international work prior to the strategy and continued after the strategy. But this is more to make it more cohesive, more organized, and better in terms of uh, reaching out to our international members, working with our international colleagues, and mutual learning, and how can we ultimately provide best possible care to patients with mental health wherever they are in any parts of the world. So that is the kind of the overall aim um, of of the of the strategy. We have learned a lot during those three years, and we've done a lot of collaborations with uh, colleagues uh, across the globe in a number of continents, and most importantly, engaged better with our membership to make sure that they feel they're closer to the the college. And based on this, the college became more and more aware of the importance of the international dimension to our college. And that's why our new president, Dr. Gladys Smith, wanted to continue with this important work and under her leadership developed our second international strategy. And I'm again privileged to be uh, appointed as the presidential lead for global mental health. Uh, take this work forward and build on the learning from the first strategy. Thank you. So how does this strategy aim to address the unique challenges and disparities in mental health care across the different countries and regions? The, the strategy acknowledges that different countries, different cultures, um, they look uh, and address mental health needs in different way. And we respect the landscape, the way that services organized, the resources available for those uh, services. But there are some global standards of care. People are entitled to care and support when they suffer from mental health problems or disorders. And that's really what we want to focus on, is that remind everyone of the importance of addressing mental health needs. I mean, we don't need reminders, if any, but COVID have reminded us how much of a social creatures human beings are, and they need uh, each other, and they need to collaborate. Otherwise, it's not just physical health problems, it's mental health, which uh, the COVID, the pandemic, have told us how much uh, the population across the world were af uh, affected. So that's why it's important that we agree that the standards of care are the best and uh, possible can be delivered. In addition, we also acknowledge that the learning is not one way. We have so much to learn from countries where they are less 
privileged with the resources and developed services as probably countries like the United Kingdom. So wherever we collaborate, we acknowledge the learning that we acquire as much as the experience that we share from our work in the United Kingdom. Brilliant. In your view, what are some of the most pressing global mental health issues that need immediate attention and how does the strategy intend to tackle them? I think if I can talk and try to simplify it and make it into two main levels, there are the common mental health problems that uh, societies, communities across the globe face on every day and it is linked into stress into conflicts traumatic events crises that happen which we know there is a strong association between exposure to traumatic events and uh, common mental health problems and this is where we have a duty to increase awareness to advocate for uh, our uh, patients and share the learning and evidence-based intervention to help dealing with those uh, mental health problems. In addition to that, there are the, our patients who already suffer from serious uh, and severe mental illnesses, and we know very well that the offer of service varies from one place to another and very much influenced by resources available. And I think this is where specialized care and treatment is needed. And part of our responsibilities is that we work closely with colleagues in mental health services across the world to, again, agree on standards, look for the best available intervention that evidence-based tell us and support each other in the delivery of this uh, of these interventions. Fnapolis, um, <clears throat> how does the strategy consider cultural and societal differences whilst promoting mental health awareness and support internationally? That's, thank you for this question. This is really a very important point. One of the things that we have, uh, one of the principles that we have adopted is that we never go to any part of the world and tell them what to do. We very much respect culture and respect the local values. But at the same time, we have our universal values, which is the college values that we carry with them wherever we go. And the principle that we followed is that we don't go and tell any any services or any, any group of clinicians what to do, but we respond to requests from members, from colleagues, from other stakeholders, and accordingly, we share our learning and experience. And I remind myself that in this sharing, we also learn. It's a mutual learning from those cultures and and uh, 
values that differ from one place to another. Acknowledging, by knowing more, by learning more about that, we can bring back to the United Kingdom, where the country is more and more becoming multicultural, and we have to meet the needs of the citizens of the United Kingdom with the value, with the richness of their cultures. Brilliant. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Um, mental health stigma can be prevalent in various cultures and societies. What measures are included in the strategy to combat stigma and promote mental health education? This is, again, a very, uh, this is an excellent question, and very important one. Um, in my view, stigma remains one of the main barriers globally for access to mental health uh, services and, and care. And the college are very much aware of this. And that's why we work very closely with colleagues inside the UK and abroad on highlighting the importance of awareness of mental health and care to be provided. On that basis, we have joined events with uh, other stakeholders where our officers raise the profile of the issue. Uh, we work with the organizations across the world to find the best possible way for reaching out for affected communities, uh, reaching out to policy makers, uh, decision makers, and to highlight the importance of this uh, issue and barrier to care, which is the stigma. A very important part of this work is that we don't just issue letters and um, kind of requests or demands. Wherever we go, we work very closely with our local partners on finding what's the most appropriate way to raise the issue while we are respecting the culture and avoiding the phenomenon of unintended consequences by making damage while we're trying to, to do something right. So advocacy, leaflets, raising the issue, contributing to um, increased knowledge base and the sharing of evidence-based intervention that can help us uh, with that. Final point, we also contribute to improved recruitment into psychiatry by highlighting the wonderful aspect of working as a psychiatrist, uh, supporting people with mental health, and the fact it is a very rewarding uh, profession. So engaging and involving communities in mental health initiatives is vital to success. How does the strategy plan to empower and include local communities in its implementation? The college had a history of working with communities and respecting and acknowledging the important role they play. There are, we, we clearly, uh, as a college, we have access 
to a wonderful resource that help us reaching out to our communities across uh, communities across the globe. One of those resources, a very important one, is the diaspora group that we have within the college. The college uh, supported the establishment of a committee. It's not a college committee, but it is supported by the college, where the different diaspora groups of psychiatrists from different parts of the world who are interested in the respective part of the world coming together and form, forming an association for the diaspora as a psychiatrist of that particular part of the world. For example, we have the British Indian Psychiatric Association, we have the British Pakistani Psychiatric Association, we have the British Arab Psychiatric Association, the Bangladeshi Psychiatrist, the British Psychiatrist uh, Association, uh, so and 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 few more. In our work, especially when we're looking for volunteers to contribute to projects supporting um, different parts of the world, we reach out to our colleagues from those diaspora group and make sure that whatever plans for any particular project are well supported and well informed when we are addressing the culture uh, of that part of the world. Brilliant. So the international mental health strategy likely involves collaboration with various organizations. Can you highlight some of the key partnerships that you have formed to support the strategy's implementation? Um, we had we were fortunate to have a number of partners who work with us. For example, um, in in Ghana, we worked with the College for Physicians and Surgeons. Uh, that's the psychiatry faculty of that to help train their doctors on uh, more subspecial uh, specialized training and providing more specialized training such as old age uh, child and adolescent addiction and forensic psychiatry and that's based on their request we also collaborated with colleagues in the gulf uh, region and for example, in uh, Qatar, where the uh, highlighting the importance of um, women health in psychiatry, and we had a collaboration that uh, headed by our registrar, uh, who were provided a keynote address and a conference there, and now in the process, supporting them developing women's services addressing mental health needs of women in the country and in the wider region. We also collaborated with the Iraqulate Crescent in supporting their efforts to provide uh, a better primary care, including mental health, uh, to the displaced and vulnerable population across of Iraq. These are examples of uh, collaboration that where we feel we can add value and it's always in the response to requests from local uh, partners 
because that's where we think is the most effective uh, way of uh, collaboration, obviously aided by our wonderful volunteers from the volunteer scheme of the uh, college and using uh, volunteers who are originally from that part of the world. Fabulous. So, so what are the, oh, sorry. What are the expected milestones and timelines for achieving the strategy's goals and how will progress be measured and evaluated? I think one of the important aspects of our previous strategy and new strategy is very clear objectives and, uh, and milestones. We have a number of uh, evidence or objectives that we have can we can use to demonstrate progress or not uh, we started with a way that we st structured our work for example um, the international advisory committee of the college oversees the international work of the college and and advise the officers and the council on on international uh, matters and the way that we've structured the agenda of the committee is really according to the strategy which makes it easier to monitor progress across all objectives and projects um, engagement as i mentioned is a key objective of the strategy of our international members and we have arranged for all the international chairs to be members of the international advisory committees in addition to that a proposal was passed recently in the agm for the chairs of the international divisions of which there are six of them of the college they are now members of the approved by the agm to be members of the council which is the highest decision-making and uh, a body of the uh, of the college i think you might want to double check on this one so you might want to edit it um so these are examples of um, important milestones in progressing with our engagement we we issued a newsletter uh, for our international members and we monitor uh, the open rate for it and this is how we know whether we're progressing whether we are reaching to our uh, membership our international membership or or not and the newsletter covers all kind of activities that are of interest uh, for our international uh, members we have a number of projects that we monitor and progress uh, regularly uh, and to do that we have every two weeks meeting of the international team and we have uh, quarterly meetings with the senior management with the chief executive and senior management to make sure that progress and governance is in place um, we also adopted a more kind of team approach to volunteering where we make sure that every project is considered carefully and it can be sustainable 
and will have an impact on on the, on the partner, local partner, beyond the life of the project. So all these important milestones and objectives that we observe when we're doing uh, this work. As we conclude, could you leave our audience with a message of hope and encouragement regarding the potential impact of this new international mental health strategy? I am really pleased with the progress we have made under the first strategy. I think one of the wonderful news is that we've got our volunteers uh, from the or college volunteer scheme reached more than 100 volunteers, which is beyond any number that we've had uh, uh, previously taken part in different projects and volunteering uh, for the college work uh, internationally. We also uh, have a very high open rate for our the international uh, newsletter which is only second to the, uh, I was told, it's only second to the open aid of the president, which is uh, quite an, an achievement. And again, it's a reflection of how much uh, our membership in, in engaging. Uh, one of the ways of engaging our members is arranging receptions uh, in every international conference that we can attend. And we are seeing increasing attendance of the uh, our international members uh, in those receptions. Finally, we had a wonderful and fully packed uh, strategy breakfast at the International Congress, which is a reflection of the engagement, not only just with our members, because it was attended by colleagues from other associations and uh, and outside the from outside the the, the college who are interested in in the international work of of the college so all this uh, give me not just hope but give me confidence we are on the right path and we hope we will be continue to engage our our members engage with our uh, collaborate with our colleagues across uh, the globe and deliver sustainable projects and collaboration. Well, thank you for joining me today, Professor, and best wishes with implementing the strategy. Thank you.